0: It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because
1: he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, remember, you can always go back and catch up on any of the episodes uh, of the podcast that you missed just by going to ThePeteCalendarShow.com. Thank you to the patrons who helped make the show possible, like Kathleen, Phil, Matt, and Jason, Marlene, Jenny and Sean, Rhonda, Susan, Mike, Linda Grace. Thanks so much for all of the support. Thank you for listening. We could not do the show without you. It's very much a hybrid commercial and public radio model that we are running here. It's kind of interesting that when in all of the stuff I read about podcasting and the industry, that's it's never, uh, it's never compared to public radio and commercial radio. It's kind of a hybrid. Uh, I, I make this happen, right? We're able to make this show, uh, uh, happen because, uh, we have sponsors of the show, such as, for example, Mattress Man, uh, but we also have patrons of the show, individuals that uh, contribute, that donate. And uh, you get exclusive content and you get access to stuff you get swag but you also help keep the show going because it's uh, they've it, got a bunch of different you know small revenue streams that you cobble them together and it makes the show sustainable I mentioned mattress man I always want to mention uh, uh, mention mattress man when people ask me hey where'd you get your bed I say mattress man because it's true I did I got it there about eight or nine years ago now we're coming up on probably nine years and I think the next thing we do is going to be one of the adjustable bases. I think that's what we're going <laughs> to think that's what we're going to uh, do in 2021. Uh, which, by the way, they've got adjustable bases there. They've got all sorts of mattresses. They've and they've got tons of great deals. They're usually given away a free adjustable base with the purchase of select mattresses. They've got the hybrid mattress blowout sale going on right now. So brand new mattresses, closeouts, clearance items, discontinued mattresses, all at rock bottom prices. Uh, they also are the Exclusive place to get the Biltmore mattress line. This is made by Restonic in Fayetteville. So bring the luxury of Biltmore home to your home. These are exclusive to Mattress Man stores. They also have 50% off the 2920 Sleep Mattress. So you can get a queen size mattress that normally sells for like $1,100. You can get it for under $550. Talk about a deal. Give the gift of a great night's sleep. You can save up to 60% on select floor models and in-stock inventory. Go to MattressManStores.com. Go to any of their four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service and a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at MattressManStores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So uh, at the end of the show yesterday, I said that if elected officials and health officials want us to take the coronavirus as seriously as they say we should, then they should behave as if it is as serious as they say it is. Right. I, I just think that's a it's a good rule. It's a general principle. Right. If you're telling me that this is really, really dangerous, highly infectious, and everybody needs to cancel all the plans and wear masks all the time and wash your hands until they're bloody, like all of all of the recommendations, all the guidance and the urgings and pleadings. And if you want me to believe all of this stuff, I think you should behave like that as well. I equate this to climate change. Okay, I am open to be convinced, right, that first off, I do believe the climate is changing because I believe the climate changes all the time. I believe it, it changes every day. You can see it happen. But I believe, like, long-term, yes, climate changes. The Earth changes. We are in a constant state of change. I get that. And I also believe that man has had some impact on the environment. Absolutely. I can see for myself when, you know, some business or government dumps a whole bunch of toxic chemicals into a lake, like, yeah, that's an impact. I could see that impact. That is an environmental impact. So I don't know how much it is. Uh, the, the impact is on, you know, global warming or cooling or whatever they need it to be in order to sell whatever, uh, you know, command control economic model they are foisting upon us. But I'm open to be convinced. OK, uh, but when you tell me the science is settled, so shut up and do what we tell you to do, then I'm not interested really in your argument anymore. But the uh, the other part of it is that. When you start acting like you believe it to be the threat that you tell me it is, then I will take you a little bit more seriously. So when you're flying all over the planet in your private jet to tell people stop burning fossil fuel, I'm not going to be receptive to that message. And I also want to know what's the cost, because at some point the costs become so Uh, outsized to the potential benefit that it's not worth it so like you're gonna say let's shut down the entire economy globally everybody go back to living in caves and this will save the environment yeah I'm not so sure I want to do that like seriously I'm not so sure I want to do that but don't you understand the whole planet will be destroyed yeah but if my choice is living in a cave and have no power no energy no food right? Dying at the age of 18. Like if that's the the course for humanity, I'm I'm not so sure I want that for the future. So I think I'll just live with my AC and my automobile in the meantime. Anyway, I'm off uh, on a tangent. Uh, I'm not asserting here, by the way, that Uh, officials are lying, that they're all lying about the pandemic. I'm not one of those skeptics. I believe the virus is real. I believe it is serious. I believe it is dangerous. I believe it is really, really contagious, especially among vulnerable populations. I think uh, we have made huge mistakes in the way we have been targeting uh, different groups rather than saying hey we need to focus all of our attention on you know these vulnerable populations right here they're trying to make it like everybody needs to do everything and that's not realistic i think it undermines your credibility when you're telling you know a healthy 22 year old that they need to live under the same restrictions as an obese diabetic with copd over the age of 65 like they're not the same risk factors like i'm sorry and when you tell me they are now i'm not going to trust you so much anymore so when you're telling me and you're telling all American citizens to cancel Christmas, don't gather with our friends, don't gather with families from different households, right, Um, then I expect you to have some basic understanding of what you're actually asking of us. And I expect you to do it too. I expect you to live by the guidance you're giving me because this is a super dangerous and contagious virus, right? Right. If you want me to believe you that it is as dangerous as you say it is, then you need to behave as if you believe what you're telling me. So two stories to now add to the ever-growing list of government officials who avoid the personal sacrifices that they demand of us. And again, I bring these stories to you not just because of the hypocrisy angle, which let's be clear, like that's always gold to mine, for uh, media, but um, it's it's not really the hypocrisy thing. There's a larger issue at play here, and I'm going to get to it. But there's a larger issue at play, and the more of these health and government officials that break their own rules, the more this bigger issue surfaces. You'll 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 probably figure it out before I get to it. But let's start first in Mecklenburg County. This is uh, in, where Charlotte is located, North Carolina. Mecklenburg County Manager Dina Diorio. And she's been the manager down there for quite a while. I think she, she was, I remember her when she was an assistant county manager or something. She came out of, uh, Harry Jones was the county manager when I was down there. And, uh, I think Dina Dioria was his budget director, I want to say, or something like that, or maybe an assistant manager. She became county manager. And so she's been county manager for over a decade down there and, uh, or about that long. So she does this, um, you know, regular COVID briefing, and they're doing it on the, the Zoom chat. They're doing it uh, remotely with all these reporters. And, you know, they've got her and they've got the health director and they've got, uh, you know, emergency operations people that are all there. And this was the last one, the last briefing that they did before Christmas. And uh, she participates in this regular briefing with the reporters. And during her remarks, she reiterates this request that we have been hearing now for, well, probably, you know, since before Thanksgiving.
0: As we've been saying for months, you must not only follow the three w's wear a mask wash your hands and wait six feet apart but for this holiday season we ask that you stay home and only be around those who you live with our data shows that covid is still very widespread in our community and holidays and holiday gatherings are some of the most dangerous places to be
1: so please stay home and stay safe okay so stay home and only be around people that are in your household That are from your household, right? So if you have, I mean, even what Asheville and Buncombe, they just announced yesterday, they're limiting all of these gatherings to no more than two. (laughs) If you don't, now I'm not sure how they're counting two. I'm not sure if they're saying, okay, you got two people that are visiting your household and that's the two, or or if they're saying no more than a maximum of two. So if like Christy and I wanted to have somebody come from another household to visit us, we could not even do that because we already hit the two cap. So I'm not sure how they're counting that, but they're saying we got to limit all gatherings, your, your private social gatherings to two if they're not from the same household, which if you're from the same household, that's not really a social gathering, right? That's just your household. So Buncombe County and Asheville, they just announced this. This has been very important. We got to do this. Oh, and we're going to dial back the restaurant capacity. We're taking it from 50% back down to 30% because things are getting out of control. We got to stem the, the surge. We have to uh, stop the spread. And oh my gosh, this is so serious. And the numbers are very concerning. And that's why it's taking effect in another week. See what I mean? Why would you wait another week? if If lives are at stake here, Why are you waiting a week? It's the same beef I had when people are like, well, we should try all these medicines. Oh no, but Trump says hydrochloroquine, so don't try that one. Well, why not? We're either practicing battlefield medicine or we are not. This is either a serious and contagious disease or it is not. And if you're not gonna behave like it is, Don't tell me it is and expect me to behave as it is. So she's saying, stay home and only be around people who are from your household. This is the standard message that we have been hearing from officials at all levels of government, right? Cooper, the governor, Roy Cooper, he's been hammering away at this. He blamed Thanksgiving for the surging case numbers in North Carolina. The CDC has been urging people not to gather with their families, too. Um, But helpfully... Very helpfully, the Mecklenburg County government has offered some uh, creative activities for everybody to do while they pass the time in their self imposed isolation.
0: While you're at home, the Board of County Commissioners COVID 19 Task Force has a new social media campaign that will highlight exactly how you're staying safe at home. Using our Count On Me CLT hashtag, we are asking everyone in our community to take a selfie wearing your mask and post it on Instagram. In addition, <laughs> the task force has partnered with the county's coronavirus <laughs> website at mecnc.gov to create a search tool that highlights small businesses that are open in Mecklenburg County. Oh, all right. <laughs> we encourage everyone to take advantage of this search tool and uh, help to support our small businesses, but please do so safely. Okay, so
1: <laughs> so you got it there. Selfies. Well, now that totally replaces my need for human interaction with my friends and family. What about you? I didn't know you guys were going to recommend we take selfies and put it on a hashtag. Oh, my gosh. It feels just like Christmas of every year now. (laughs) This is how do you (laughs) who writes that press release? Who writes that briefing statement to say, "Okay, everybody stay home. Don't do anything. You know, live as a hermit total isolation, don't see friends and family, but it's okay, we got something for you. Not a rousing game of Monopoly or shoots and ladders, no, no, it's a selfie. You can take a selfie and post it to the hashtag. And after that 30-second event is done, uh, well, then you're on your own for the rest of the entire holiday season. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry, you're right. They did give us a search... Uh, A page where we could search for businesses. Isn't that helpful? We can search for businesses that uh, are still open, which I'm probably I'm just going to assume it did not take very long to compile that list of still open businesses, considering how many have been put out of business due to all of the lockdown orders. Right. Thank God for GovCo. We would not have been directed to go to the hashtag to post a selfie, nor would we have been able to find the list of businesses that are still open after GovCo shut them all down. <laughs> this is unreal. Okay, this isn't even the, the main point of all of this story, though. This is just a hilarious side journey here. Let's get back onto the main path, okay? A reporter named Allison Kuznitz, Kuznets. She's from the Charlotte Observer, and she asked a question of, well, first off, if you have any questions about tools, about which tools are the correct ones to be using for a job you need to do, and you uh, probably don't have any question about whether you own that tool, uh, then go to General Equipment Rental, because not only will you find the tool that you need for the job that you're doing, but they will also tell you how to use it. Very helpful. Also very helpful last minute Christmas idea, Christmas gift idea for the person in your life that may not enjoy mowing the yard. How about get them an auto mower? This thing mows the yard for you. I'm not kidding. It's a Roomba for your yard. It cuts the grass nonstop silently. And it looks like a little Batmobile driving around the yard. And um, if anybody tries to steal it, this is usually the first question that people ask. uh, What if somebody tries to steal it? Well, if they take it outside of the perimeter that you set up uh, with an app, if they, because it maps the yard, and then it knows the perimeter, and then just mows all around, and um, if somebody takes it outside that perimeter, it shuts down so it doesn't work, and so it's locked up, and then the GPS will let you find uh, where it's located, so it'll lead you right to the thieves. But this is a great idea because the problem a lot of people have is they don't keep up with the yard. You know, and they end up taking too much off of the top of the blade of grass when they do get around to mowing, and that stresses the lawn. So what you want to do is keep the lawn cut at at, at the same height for as long as possible, right? To have it as a, at a consistent height all the time, and then you have the tiny little pieces of the grass clippings that then fall to the, the dirt, and they fertilize the lawn. Well, if you have too long of a grass clipping, then it doesn't do that It doesn't perform that service for you. So what the auto mower does is it keeps everything cut at a uniform height and it just takes a little bit off the top all the time. And so it, it does double duty. It fertilizes the lawn for you. Okay, so go to General Equipment Rental, get 10% off while supplies last on the Husqvarna Auto Mower. They are your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda Outdoor Power Equipment Sales and Service Provider, and they've got all the tools that you will need to complete any project on your New Year's list. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, family-owned and operated for three generations. GeneralRents.com. Think outside your toolbox. All righty, so... A reporter from the Charlotte Observer asks a question of the Mecklenburg County Manager, Dina DiOrio, as well as the public health director, whose name is Gibby Harris.
2: It's Allison from the Charlotte Observer. This is a question for both Gibby and Dina. Can you both share how you have adjusted your plans for Christmas and New Year's in light of COVID-19? How have your plans changed with the pandemic?
1: All right. So good question. it's, It's a pretty good question, right? Uh, How have you adjusted your plans for Christmas and New Year's Eve? How have your plans changed because of COVID? This is an opportunity for each of the women to connect with members of the public, right? In, In sort of an I feel your pain kind of Clintonian way. Well, Clinton's getting older. That's why he sounds like that. He's like getting more raspy. I feel your pain. Like that's you know, with the 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 overbite and the thumb over the clenched fist kind of look. I feel your pain. This to really connect with the with the plebs, you know, R- with the common folk, with the hoi polloi. Like I'm one of you. I had to cancel my plans too. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's a good question, right? It's a good question. So what is uh what do uh, Dina Diorio and Gibby Harris respond with, let's take a listen. You mean my personal plans?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how will you be celebrating the holidays this year now that we have to adjust with the pandemic?
1: All right, see, so she should have just answered the first question, because the first question gave her a great opportunity to say, this is what I normally do, and now I'm going to be doing this other thing because of COVID, and that would have been the end of it, okay? But because she said, You mean my personal plans? Yeah, your personal plans. That's what the question was. It was obviously like, what kinds of plans do you have? How have you adjusted your plans? How have they changed? But because she asks, you mean my personal plans? The reporter now shifts and now it becomes, how will you be celebrating the holiday? And that's a little bit of a different question. I don't know if the reporter realizes this. Because now it's a very specific question. How are you going to be celebrating? See, before she could have just said, I was planning a very large gathering, but I had to cancel it. We can't, we usually do this with, you know, 100,000 people every Christmas, we all go away, whatever, whatever. But she, and now we're not doing it. And that would have left a lot of ambiguity about what she is actually going to be doing. But because the reporter gets to reframe the question, it's now more difficult. It's more specific. And what does Dina DiOrio say?
0: I will be um, traveling by car to Durham, North Carolina to see some close family, small group.
1: What? Are you kidding me? So she literally just says, stay home, everybody. Everyone stay home, stay safe. Don't be around anybody who is not from your family, your immediate household, right? The people that live in your house, that's who you need to be spending the holiday with. Don't you dare... Go over someone else's house. Right? This is what they've been telling us. And when asked, what are you gonna be doing? Oh, I'm gonna drive to Durham. I'm gonna see some folks. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> what and I like I don't know, because I watched the video of this, that's where I got this audio from. I watched the video of this <laughs> live stream, and I can't figure out If she's aware of what's happening as she's saying this, I think she kind of clues in a little bit later when Brett Jensen from WBT Radio starts asking some questions about this. But uh, Gibby Harris, by the way, the health director, she says, I'm going to spend a couple of days with my immediate family. Okay, nebulous enough. Doesn't tell us who the immediate family is, because this is what Roy Cooper said as well, the governor. He said the same thing, right? He's going to spend some time. He's going to have his immediate family over, and that's it. Okay, who's your immediate family? Do they all live in the same household as you? Because you can say immediate family and have it include people that don't live in the household with you. Like Governor Cooper's daughter, who's you know engaged to be married. She's an adult. And I suspect does not live at the governor's mansion with her family, but maybe she does, but I doubt it. So, um, is he going to spend Christmas with her? And if he does, does that mean they have to stay socially distant? They're not allowed to hug. They have to keep their masks on the whole time. Everybody, everyone, because as soon as you bring somebody from outside the household into the governor's mansion, now everybody has to wear a mask 24-7, right? All around. You can't take the mask off except to eat the bite of food. Then you got to put the mask back on, right? This is what they've been telling us to do. So I think it's only fair that we ask if they're doing it, right? So Gibby Harris says she's going to spend time with her immediate family, but doesn't tell us who that immediate family is, whether or not they all live in the same household. By the way, this is one of the the hallmarks of all authoritarian regimes. You know that, right? This is why people are growing concerned about the state of, um, of our governance right now, is because... This is a hallmark of all authoritarian regimes where they set about rules for all of the public to follow, but then they don't follow them themselves. They get to live a different kind of existence, free from the shackles of a lot of the the rules and regulations and laws that they pass for us, right? That's the hallmark of authoritarian, tyrannical regimes. And so when these stories pop up, it's not simply about the hypocrisy. It's about a leading indicator for tyranny. That's what has people concerned here. That's what has people concerned. So then WBT's Brett Jensen follows up. Actually, before I do that, let me follow up here with a, uh, a word about buying and selling homes real quick. If you are trying to sell your home in the Asheville area, then you call Rowena Patton. It is really that simple. I mean, I don't want to be a tyrant and authoritarian about it, but I will if I have to be. Okay. But actually, I use Rowena. I would not tell you to use Rowena Patton if I don't do it myself. And I am using Rowena Patton to buy our house. Christy and I are using Rowena and her all-star powerhouse team, so you should as well. See? We're all in this together, people. 333-4483 is the phone number. 333-4483. The website is mountainhomehunt.com. She's the official Homes for Heroes real estate agent in Asheville, and that means if you are a buyer or a seller, you get 25% back from the Realtor commissions. This goes to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, so retired, active duty, veterans, everybody. Um, she's given back almost $800,000 to folks in those five professions. So buying or selling, call the only agent that we called Rowena Patton, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. All right, so here is the follow-up question later on after the county manager down in Charlotte says that <laughs> that she's going to drive to Durham to celebrate Christmas, a small family gathering. This prompts a follow-up question from uh, WBT's Brett Jensen.
2: Hi, this is Brett Jensen again. I'm curious. Uh, I was confused a little bit by Dina's answer going to seeing her family in Durham. Isn't that what we're not supposed to be doing by spending only time with people that we actually live with and not seeing? Or is thats that... Is that is that what you're concerned about, people getting tested before they go see family members that they normally don't live with?
1: By the way, the answer to his question is yes. <laughs> that, that is exactly what they're telling everybody not to do. So when he says, I'm confused, isn't that what you're telling everybody not to do? Yes, the answer is yes. That is exactly what they're telling everybody else not to do, but she's going to do it.
0: Well, I, you know, I, I know who the family is. I know where they spend their time, so I feel comfortable um, making that trip, it's one, it's two people in a household. It's not a group. It's a very small number of people. And I feel very confident about, um, about their safety. So if I did not feel
2: comfortable, I would not go. So do you recommend that for everyone just to feel comfortable with what their family members are doing that they don't live with?
1: Right here is where I think she realizes, oh crap. <laughs> I think at this point she realizes She's going to get tagged as a hypocrite. That the message she is telling everybody else, she's not heeding herself. I think this is where it starts dawning on her.
2: Are you asking me? Are you asking? Yeah, you I'm me? asking yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Since that's what I mean. That's you said you feel comfortable with them. Um, even though you're not with them 24 seven, obviously, and most people aren't doing that with their family. I mean, don't live with them 24 seven either. So. I don't know that you can speak for most people,
0: but um, I'm making.
1: What is that? <clears throat> what was that? That snide, snippy little. Oh, I don't know if you can speak for most people's family. Like, so what is she doing here? Okay, this is the problem. This part of the problem is <clears throat> when you uh, when you give people an opportunity to uh, jump down an escape hatch like that, which is what she's doing. You Jensen by prolonging his question, he gave her more. Uh, more escape routes, because he said other words. And she keyed on one of them, one of these phrases, she keys on it, and then away she goes, right? So she ducks out, tries to turn it on him, because he says most people aren't doing that, meaning most people are not living with their extended family 24-7. And that is true, by the way. (laughs) That is true. So, her, but well what does she do i don't think you could speak for most people like that is she's getting nasty with him because she's taking the vibe of his questions as accusatory that's why i said i think she realizes in the course of this q and a this back and forth <clears throat> i think this is when she realizes oh my gosh i've just stepped in it big time and now she's attacking which is by the way just you know another thing that people of a certain authoritarian mindset tend to do when they're challenged in any way about their decisions they're you know, <laughs> off with his head <laughs> so uh by the way i think i understand now why wbt doesn't get any access into the governor's press briefings to ask him any questions about uh, his covid regulations <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's the same reason i wouldn't be allowed into or north state journal or really anybody that has any kind of Uh, skepticism about it, but that snide remark, I don't think you can speak for most people. So the question was, I'm going to re-rack this, because this exchange is a perfect encapsulation of the concerns that people are having when they hear these edicts, and then they see the people issuing them behaving differently. They really do believe that they are better or smarter than us. That's what's at the heart of this, right? is that these are rules for you because you're an idiot. These are rules for you because you can't make that same kind of a determination about risk and reward that I did because that's what she's doing. And by the way, I fully support her going to Durham and hanging out with, I guess it's her parents, I don't know, but she's going to go to Durham, hang out with these two family members. But the idea that she knows all that they do and where they go and what they're uh, you know uh, uh what their their risk levels are and how they've responded to it and all the safety steps that they've taken you cannot possibly know all of that you can't they can tell you that this is what they're doing and you can trust that they're telling you the uh the truth and they may not be trying to lie but they may not be aware that they messed up on a couple of occasions they maybe forgot when someone showed up and gave them something in you know package delivery or something i don't know They went to the grocery store and they don't think about it. They went to the grocery store and they got COVID there, right? Or you have it and you're going to bring it to them. So, like, you're bringing in risk to their household. If even if they've been completely quarantined, locked down, haven't had any human contact for, you know, 10 months, you're going to be introducing risk to that environment. But she and they are obviously comfortable with assuming that risk. I'm not second guessing Dina DiOrio's decision and her family's decision to assume that risk. I do object when they tell us that we're too stupid to make those kinds of determinations for ourselves. That's all. That's all. Um, let me back up. I'm going to start this again and let's play it all the way through. Hey,
2: this is Brett Jensen again. I'm curious. Uh, I was confused a little bit by Dina's answer going to seeing her family in Durham. Isn't that what we're not supposed to be doing by spending only time with people that we actually live with and not seeing, or is that, is, that, is that what you're concerned about, people getting tested before they go see family members that they normally don't live with?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I know who the family is, I know where they spend their time, so I feel comfortable um, making that trip. It's, one, it's two people in a household, it's not a group, it's a very small number of people, and I feel very confident about, um, about their safety. So if I did not feel comfortable, I
2: would not go. So do you recommend that for everyone just to feel comfortable with what their family members are doing that they don't live with?
0: Are you asking me? Or are you asking, yeah, I'm asking yeah. you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Since that's what I mean, that's you said you feel comfortable with them, um, even though you're not with them 24 seven, obviously. And most people aren't doing that with their family. I mean, don't live with them 24 seven either. So.
0: I don't know that you can speak for most people, but um, I'm making a personal decision based on information that I have. Um, And so that's the decision that I've made. And I think um, everybody needs to do the same.
2: No, No, I I understand. But I think ah. it is safe to say that most adults don't live with their family, their parents. So, yeah, I was just curious. That's all.
1: So everybody needs to do the same. Everyone needs to make the decision to do the same. That if you feel comfortable doing this, then you should do this. That's a that's a different approach. You know what this is very reminiscent of is the abstinence only versus sex ed uh, educational pedagogies, right? Like what do you what, what do you teach? How do you teach it? Should we be telling kids that, look, if you're going to engage in sexual activity, then here's how you do so safely? And then you have the other side that says, no, don't tell kids any of it. That's not for the schools to be doing. You shouldn't be teaching them that. The parents should be teaching it. You should only be teaching abstinence. Right? That's the only thing you should teach kids is abstinence. And then the other side says, well, that's unrealistic. You can't tell them just abstain, just self-quarantine basically you got to give them the information and the tools and education so uh when they when they do go out and uh you know socially uh mix and mingle with people then they're going to be you know prepared and they're going to be educated they're going to be able to do so safely (laughs) and uh which is ironically by the way this is what the department of health and human services did when they put out those stupid videos pretending like the whole social distancing thing. They call it social activity versus sexual activity. And it's like, it's this whole like parody of like a sex ed class, but it's about COVID social distancing and such. Do so safely and all that. So like, why are you teaching? Why are you approaching this from a, everybody stay home, everybody be safe, stay home. But by the way, here are the rules for us. We're comfortable doing it. We've assessed the risk. That, that, that that's not the leading headline, right? The headline is, everybody stay home. But if you think you can do it safely, then go for it. They're not telling you that part. But that apparently is part of this, interestingly enough, and it only comes out, I guess, when they get busted, right? When, when they get busted, because she doesn't say... She doesn't say everybody needs to make these decisions, uh, you know, personal decisions based on the information that they have, so that's the decision that they can make, and everybody needs to do the same if you're confident about their safety and your safety and all this other stuff. So as long as you're confident, she's like, okay, then you should do it. But no, she doesn't say that in her briefing, in her remarks. It's very similar, by the way, to the scenario that unfolded this week. When the Associated Press reported that Dr. Deborah Burks had traveled with her extended family to a vacation property in Delaware the day after Thanksgiving, I mentioned this the other day. I'm going to get into more of this in a minute. First, Old Grouch's military surplus. You need to get into Old Grouch's. That's where you need to go. Pick up some last-minute Christmas gifts. There you can score some gift cards. They're not even cards. They're gift dog tags. <laughs> so he puts the dog. T- he puts the gift card, whatever, on the dog tag. It's so cool. So you get these engraved dog tags uh, and, you know, throw them in with some some camo pants, T-shirts, jackets, and it's a great gift idea for the kids. He's got limited edition survival outdoor kits on the website as a Christmas special featuring high quality Swedish made Mora knives, fire starters, canteens, compasses, and more. And you pack it all into an ammo case or a shoulder bag, which is actually a repurposed finish army gas mask bag and the kits make a good base for any kind of an emergency survival kit that you're building or just a good outdoor adventure starting kit because it's got all the items that you should be carrying when you go camping or hiking anyway and um so they they can ship these directly to folks if you are trying to buy it for somebody else the shop is open they'll be closed on christmas day but open uh, the day after they are on main street in downtown clyde and they are across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and, of course, 24-7 at the website oldgrouch.com. And, of course, tell them that uh, you heard it here on the show. I appreciate it. So Dr. Deborah Burks, the coordinator of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, said she plans to retire in the near future because of the backlash that she has faced since it was revealed that she went out of state over Thanksgiving. She told Newsy, which is a a platform, I think it's like a web-based or something platform, Newsy. Uh, She told Newsy in an interview that she plans to be quote, helpful in any role that people think I can be helpful in during the incoming Biden administration, but she will eventually retire thereafter.
2: And I will have to say that this experience has been a bit overwhelming. It's been very difficult on my family i think what was done in the last week to my family you know they didn't choose this for me you know they've tried to be supportive but to drag my family into this um when it's my daughter hasn't left that house in 10 months my parents have been isolated for 10 months um they've become deeply depressed as i'm sure many elderly have as they've not been able to see their sons their granddaughters Um, My parents haven't seen their surviving son for over a year. These are all very difficult things.
1: Yeah, we know. (laughs) We know. Yeah, we've been following these orders for as long as you have, and we know it's very difficult. People need human interaction. The AP, they uncovered this story earlier in the week. As COVID-19 cases skyrocketed before the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, Dr. Deborah Birx, the coordinator of the White House coronavirus response, warned Americans to be vigilant and limit their celebrations to your immediate household. Right. And this is what they're still uh, urging us to do the day after Thanksgiving, though, she traveled to one of her vacation properties on Fenwick Island in Delaware. She was accompanied by three generations of her family from two households. Her husband, Paige Ref, a daughter, son-in-law, and two young grandchildren were present. So three generations from two different households, all in one place. Violating the guidance that they told all of us to follow. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has asked Americans not to travel over the holidays and discourages indoor activity involving members of different households. Quote, people who do not currently live in your housing unit such as college students who are returning home from school for the holidays should be considered part of different households. So they're telling families when your kid comes home from college, if they're even allowed to go away to college at this point, but if they are coming home from college, you're not allowed to have them in the house. We're asking you, please don't let them in the house. (laughs) And if you do, masks at all times, keep it outdoors, make sure all the tables are spread apart. Nobody's allowed to be near each other at any time. Is this realistic? Better yet, is that healthy? Is that healthy? There's a reason why it feels awkward when we go and hang out with friends and family and you can't hug them, shake their hands, right? There's a reason it feels weird. It's because it is weird. It's not healthy. People need that kind of interaction. Um, Listen to the way the AP frames this though. Even in Burks's everyday life, there are challenges meeting this standard. She and her husband have a home in Washington. See, so it's, oh, she's trying, it's so difficult for her, even though, like, they're telling everybody, this is what everybody should do. But there's definitely, uh, there is this benign framing. There's this sympathetic framing that the AP has written around this story. So it's like, okay, we know she's not living up to the standard that she's telling all of us to live up to, but... It's tough. Come on, <laughs> right? And this is, this is one of my bugaboos. You know this. It's the inconsistent application of standards. And it's even worse when it's uh, manifested in examples of the people who are issuing the standards themselves, right? If you're going to issue the standard, then you need to apply it to yourself. She and her husband have a home in Washington, D.C. She also owns a home in nearby Potomac, Maryland, where her elderly parents and her daughter and family live. Okay, so that's one household. Burks' elderly parents and Burks' daughter and her family, they all live in that one house. She visits intermittently. In addition, the children's other grandmother, who is 77, also regularly travels to the Potomac house and returns to her 92-year-old husband near Baltimore. Huh. So they they got two different sides of the family that are (laughs) three generations, and they're all kind of mixing and matching and moving around. Burks' own experiences underline the complexity and difficulty of trying to navigate the perils of the pandemic while balancing a job Family and health, especially among essential workers like her. Yeah, once again, no kidding. (laughs) Uh, Like it's it's funny how like all of a sudden this story becomes real when it's about a government official. She insisted the purpose of the roughly fifty hour visit, so two days, two days was to deal with the winterization of the property before a potential sale. Something she says she previously had not had the time to do because of her busy schedule. Okay? So she's going to winterize this place, get it ready for a sale. So that's why it just so happens to be Thanksgiving. And hey, why don't, uh, why don't you all come down and join us at the house and help us prepare the house for sale and all? <laughs> okay? Okay. So does COVID know that you're prepping for a sale? You're winterizing a house, and so COVID won't spread there. Is that the idea? She says, I did not go to, the Delaware, to Delaware for the purpose of celebrating Thanksgiving. See, so it's different. Um, she says that her family did share a meal together while there. So it wasn't Thanksgiving, but it was a meal. And there were three generations from two different households. They were all there in violation of the guidance, but it wasn't Thanksgiving, people. Okay, so COVID knows... I mean, look. If COVID knows the virtue of your mass demonstration, whether or not you're protesting for, you know, uh, against police brutality for George Floyd and all of that, and so it doesn't smite anybody in those circumstances, but will totally smite people who are just simply trying to reopen their businesses, so uh, they're protesting to to that end. Like, and and COVID will smite them. You know, COVID is smart enough to know the difference in the virtuousness of these mass gatherings. So I assume COVID knows that it's Dr. Burke's not having thanksgiving just simply a meal the day after thanksgiving right so it's totally different she said that everybody on her delaware trip belongs to her immediate household so once again here's the term immediate household even as she acknowledged they live in two different homes (laughs) so her immediate household is two homes (laughs) interesting i wonder who else employs that standard she also called the Potomac House a three-generation household. Um, White House officials later said it continues to be a four-generation household, a distinction that would include Burke's as part of that home. <laughs> okay, so is, is there three homes now? She's got three? Is that the deal? Her immediate household now consists of three households? Interesting. While in Delaware, she actually conducted an interview with CBS's Face the Nation in which she noted some Americans, quote, went across the country or even into the next state for the holiday weekend. Some people have made mistakes over the Thanksgiving time period, she said, adding that those who traveled should assume they were infected. She's literally doing an interview from the vacation spot surrounded by people in her multi-generation, two-household, immediate household group. <laughs> I guess I guess when you work for GovCo, your pandemic pod is just a wee bit bigger, huh? What do you think? <laughs> All right, more on this in a minute. Uh, first, Growers Hemp. Okay, You don't even have to leave your house to get some Growers Hemp CBD products. Did you know that? Just go to their website, GrowersHemp.com. So Growers Hemp, uh, this is a company founded by and run by North Carolina farmers. These are small family farmers, uh, and they said, you know what, the hemp industry is it's booming. It's growing. We've got a lot of our friends, uh, fellow farmers, they're planting hemp crops. So how do we harness this to help the most amount of people on their wellness journey and also help save some of these family farms? And Growers Hemp was born out of that vision. And uh, you can get top quality CBD products, whether it's topicals like balms or salves uh, or uh, the drops or lozenges and stuff, they've got all sorts of products um, and you get it for great prices because they control the whole process from the seed all the way to the shelf. It's all theirs. They control it, all these farmers. And so you're supporting North Carolina farmers and... You're getting CBD products that, like, I take CBD oil before I go to bed, and I sleep more deeply than I ever did before I ever took any kind of CBD product. And this is, honestly, Growers' Hemp is the only CBD product I've ever used. So... Uh, If you have questions, they want to answer those questions, feel free to contact them. Go to the website, GrowersHemp.com, and use the promo code Pete, and you'll get 20% off. GrowersHemp.com. As with all CBD products, here's the official disclaimer, GovCo requires, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And nothing, I have said, is meant as a substitute for or alternative to Information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. So, again, growershemp.com. Go to the website and on checkout, use my name Pete, get 20% off. From North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp. It is about the hemp, not the hype. All right, so in early April, Dr. Burks said that she understood the sacrifices that many people were making and explained that she couldn't visit her Potomac home when one of her grandchildren had a high fever. She says, I did not go there. She said this while she was standing next to President Trump. She said, you can't take that kind of risk. She has resumed her visits to the House since then, however. Interesting. So I guess that's what happens when it's in your immediate household So I guess you just call your immediate household however many households you want to include in that. And then you just like, okay, look at us. We're all in one big household. Is that how that works? Kathleen Flynn is the reason why we know this story happened. (laughs) This is, yeah, this is a whole other dimension to the story, okay? How did the AP get this story? You may be wondering, like, who would think to ask Dr. Burks about her plans and all this other stuff? It was... Kathleen Flynn, whose brother is married to Burks' daughter. Do you understand that? Okay, so Dr. Deborah Burks has a daughter, uh, adult daughter. That daughter is married to, let's say, Joe. Joe's sister is Kathleen, and she... Uh, is the whose brother's married to Burks's daughter who lives in the Potomac house. She said she brought forward information about Burks's situation out of concern for her own parents and acknowledged family friction over this matter. Quote, she cavalierly violated her own guidance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? You've got to be kidding me, by the way. This is also what happens in authoritarian regimes. People get busted like this because of petty grievances among friends and family and uh, adversaries and such, right? This is how people get burned in these types of regimes. This is... It really is this stupid sometimes. Like, honestly, it really is this stupid. So uh, Kathleen Flynn said that she urged her brother and sister-in-law, so Burks' daughter, say, don't allow her to babysit. This is, I mean, think about this. You've got this woman, Kathleen Flynn, who, as far as I can tell, does not have any kind of medical training whatsoever. And she's telling the daughter of the person in charge of the coronavirus task force in America, <laughs> is telling her, don't let, uh, th- that she knows better than, than Burks, right? That don't let her babysit. I'm going to tell you, don't let her come babysit. Now either Dr. Burks is completely oblivious to the risks, or this woman Kathleen thinks she's an expert more so than Dr. Burks. Because I guess Kathleen has read some newspaper stories and uh, read some blogs, <laughs> and so she's she's gonna tell she's gonna tell the head of the White House coronavirus task force, "Don't you come babysit? You're a, you'll be spreading that COVID around." She says it puts their elderly mother at risk by spending so much time in a household other than her own while also posing a danger to Burks' own elderly parents. Flynn said that she has long had a strained relationship with her brother and is currently not on speaking terms with him, and she's actually never even met Dr. Burks. (laughs) So this is how the story gets out. Kathleen Flynn, who does—she's not even on speaking terms with her brother, Right? Her brother, who's married to Burks' daughter, she doesn't even talk to the guy. But what, shes you just picked up the phone and said, hey, I know we haven't spoken, or would you send an email or a text? Like, I know we haven't spoken in, you know, years, and you hate me and I hate you, but you really shouldn't be jeopardizing mom and dad's health by letting Dr. Burks come to the, uh, the Thanksgiving uh, house or go to the Delaware house with her or let her babysit or whatever. Again, like... Uh, there's enough blame to go around for all parties here. I'm just amazed at the mindset of a person who would think that they know more <laughs> about the risks than the person who's literally leading the response for the entire nation. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. I have not done any of the searching, the uh, research on this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, Kathleen Flynn might be a Democrat. I know. I'm Look, I'm just throwing it out there. It's possible, okay? It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> what else uh, do, 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 oh Dr. Burke says that her family did not have a usual Thanksgiving dinner which she said normally includes 30 to 40 family members so here's the here's the key okay the fatal flaw here is not the need for her to interact with her family okay there's a, tw- a, a series of tweets from AJK who is a writer and author and she said I am glad like just on a human level I'm glad Dr. Burks refused to abandon these connections with other humans in her life. She says, My outrage is squarely focused on any policy or position or politician who regards physical interactions with loved ones as frivolous or unnecessary. While her hypocrisy is infuriating, it stands as a crystal clear illustration that policies of extended social isolation are actually unhealthy. Okay? They're unhealthy. Dr. Burke's type bureaucrats come and go. People in positions of power abuse it. Such is the nature of humanity. To be honest, hypocrisy abounds, and I'm not suggesting that we stop calling that out. Make no mistake, nothing happened to Dr. Burke's here except that uh, that which she called down on herself. The brave position would have sounded something like. I believe that limiting gatherings could help stop the spread, but I also understand that many people like me are in need of their loved ones' support, so here are some things to consider, and then you could list those things, right? But other motivations overrode honesty. Should she resign? Absolutely. But, she says, in my opinion, it's not because she snuck around to see her family, even after telling other people not to. She should resign because she promoted these policies that required her to sneak around in the first place. Her positions were anti-public health. Our rage should be trained on this idea that every individual should be forced to sacrifice their humanity and stop their lives to hide from an already widespread, overwhelmingly survivable respiratory virus with zero regard for the ever-growing list of known harms that result. She failed because humans will always fail at mandated social isolation in the absence of a proportionate threat. The costs are too high, and anybody who doesn't understand that fact isn't qualified to advise on matters of public health so this is a great point the very fact that 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 she urged people to stay home and self-isolate despite all of the harms that comes from that recommendation right that's what's disqualifying here that's a wrap for this episode please remember subscribe to the podcast here i appreciate that give it a thumbs up or a positive review as well and consider becoming a patron of the program. Just go to com, Sign up there. You get cool stuff. You get exclusive content. And uh, thank you again for all the support for the entire year. I do appreciate it. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.